0: Hi
2: everyone and welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. For those that are new here, my name is Jess Gale and this podcast is all about training your horse in a simple, uncomplicated way. We talk about the theories, techniques and common problems people come across when training their horses and we look at exercises you can use at home to improve your horse and your training. We also have a professional's episode once a month where an expert comes onto the podcast to educate us on the facts of nutrition, physiotherapy, rider fitness and so much more. We also delve into mindset and I give you practical ways to improve your mindset you're able to train and compete your horse the way you want to. In today's episode we have the wonderful Nick Reed from Saracens on for the third episode in the professional series. She is a feed nutritionist for Saracens Horse Feeds and we've been working with her for nearly 10 years now. I wanted to bring her on because over the years she has massively opened my eyes to the world of horse feeds. She has so much knowledge and experience and she's really helped to completely bash out all my old misconceptions about feeding and hay and haylage and supplements and basically anything to do with feeding your horses and I wanted her to share all that amazing knowledge with you all. I know that feeding your horse can seem like such a massive minefield because there's just so many brands and so many products out there so I really hope that this will demystify everything for you all. As usual, if you enjoy this episode, then please do share it and tag me in it so I can see what you think of them too. On both Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at Jessica Gail Dressage. And also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love for you to leave a review. Cool. So, welcome back, everybody. Today we have the wonderful Nick Reed on the podcast to discuss all things feeding. So, welcome, Nick hi so i find feeding such a minefield because there's just so much stuff out there and there's so many different brands and each brand Mm. needs to have so many different products and types of feeds that hopefully today we'll be able to kind of just make everything a lot clearer is the plan
1: yeah and i think you know there are a lot of people out there that do find feeding quite overwhelming um you know as and when you can get into a a feed barn at your local feed merchant as you say there is so much on offer there's lots of different brands Um, they all work slightly on on different um, or focus on slightly different things and and there's the big question of which one is best for my horse and and that sort of thing and and I think it's important to sort of think of it as more along the lines of you know no no feed is bad for your horse you know that but they are all made for very different things um you know no one no one makes a bad horse feed um I think it's kind of an important thing to remember um but it's just what what's actually going to be the most suitable thing for your horse um and like I said that's just a bit of a minefield when you're looking at all the different options and all the different names and add on to that that horse I guess each horse is so individual and so different
2: that you then got to think that what might work amazingly for one horse just won't work for another and so it's just it's so complicated but should we start from the beginning then and talk about when you're thinking of kind of making up your horse's feed regime what are the things you need to think about in terms of what to feed when to feed how to feed what are the kind of basics that people need to think about
1: so you know I think it's really important that first off you actually stand back and take a look at your horse you know um body condition score them. So I know there are a lot of people out there that like to weigh their horses and that's handy um, to to know a weight, but you know what what your horse's weight is. Um, But actually what we want to be working on when we're formulating a feed regime um, is their body condition score. So we need to know how much fat coverage that horse has. Now, um, when we're on yards, we will work on a, a one to nine scale. Um, with five being your your optimum, um, and then anything above five is is moving into the overweight. Anything under five is moving into the underweight. Um, and break your horse down into sections. You know, sort of front end, middle end, back end, and score each section, and then work out your average. So it's really important that you actually get hands on with your horse to body condition score, so that you can actually feel. Where you've got fat deposits lying, you can feel along the top of their crest to you know sort of feel if you've got any fatty pockets um, up on the top of the neck. You need to be able to feel across the ribs. You know, can you feel your horse's ribs ribs easily, um, or are you having to dig a little bit to find them? You know, have they got quite a peachy bottom with a bit of a gutter? Um, you know, in the top, and so you need to really think about what is my horse's body condition score. And once you've figured that out. Um, you can then start to think. Okay, so if perhaps your horse was a body condition score of four, and therefore you need your horse to gain a little bit of weight, then obviously you know you need you know you need to be looking up conditioning products. If you've got a horse that's a condition score of six or seven or maybe more, um, you know that you need to be thinking about using products that are very very nutrient dense and very low calorie. Um, so I think it's really important first and foremost condition score um then think about what um workload your horse is actually in and I think it's also really important to be very honest with yourself about this um sometimes people sort of say oh you know I think he's in you know medium to hard work actually medium to hard work is a horse that is in competitive work you know a horse that would be say um from a dressage point of view something that's going to be working kind of like PSG and a a, above. Um, so the chances are that horses are aren't working quite as hard as we think they are. Um, and so it's you do need to be very honest with yourself about you know the amount of work that your horse is in. Um, and then also think obviously about the type of work that they're in um, because that's going to sort of tell you more about the type of energy you know are you wanting slow release energy, are you wanting fast release energy? Um, and, and that's going to help you out again just to sort of whittle down um the number of products that you'd be looking at um, obviously we think about age um so obviously a young horse depending on exactly how old they are may still be growing um, may still be developing so that again will dictate what type of product we then go for um and older horses you know they've obviously got certain health conditions that they can suffer with we start to worry about their their teeth and how well are they actually chewing and grinding their food down. So there are all sorts of um, things that we need to take into account. Um, And then we need to start thinking about certain health conditions. So regardless of age, horses obviously can suffer with all sorts of problems, Um, particularly when you're looking at performance horses. Obviously, we're always thinking about gastric ulcers. Um, So a horse that has gastric ulcers or that might be prone to tying up Obviously, you know, there's um, there's certain products that we would tend to steer towards using. We'd steer away from things like cereal grains and and high starch contents. Um, And obviously we need to think about um, any other problems like Cushing's, insulin resistance, EMS, particularly for say like overweight horses um, and maybe even any history of laminitis. Um, We need to sort of talk about the droppings and, you know, do they tend to get very loose? Um, because again that tells us that you know from a hindgut perspective that that horse can be quite sensitive Um, so we need to think about all of those sorts of things and then of course we'll start talking about the horse's temperament you know we need to know about um, if that horse is laid back or if that horse is a bit fizzy um, to again sort of really ascertain as to what particular type of product is going to work well for them Um, and then we'll always you know check that all of those routine care aspects um, have been thought about, you know, if you've got a horse that's lost condition, we'll always sort of say, okay, so, you know, has he been wormed recently or had a worm count done recently, Um, you know, teeth up to date, all of that kind of thing. Um, Because obviously if that base hasn't been covered and we then start sort of concentrating on feed, we might not actually get somewhere very fast because we need to think about those things. And we always talk to, or when I'm on a yard, I always talk to an owner about what it is they're trying to achieve by changing their diet plan. You know, what's the end goal? Because if somebody contacts me for diet advice, they're not going to contact me and say that everything that they're doing is working absolutely fine. And they don't really want to change anything at all. They just want to talk to me about it. They want to change something. If somebody contacts me for diet advice, they want to change something. You know, they've got something that needs improving in their mind. So. Normally by asking all of those sorts of questions that can really lead us to exactly what product type we're going to go for because with every question we ask we just narrow the field a little bit every time to the point where we sort of end up with maybe a small handful at the end where we say okay so we've got these to choose from um, and, and we'll work from there.
2: Perfect so if you've now gone through all of those different types of things and you've now settled on a kind of feed type that will suit your horse what how do you go about deciding between the mass of different brands that are available because there just seem to be so many and yeah some of them seem really similar and some seem to kind of focus on different things so how do you go about deciding which brand to go for
1: so there's as you say there are so many brands on the market now um, and as you say there are the, the every brand has a slightly different focus. Um, I would say go for a brand that has a wide range of products available to you um, because that will offer you flexibility. You know, for example, um, if you've got a horse that you've you've got out competing and, you know, working really well, everything's going great, and then unfortunately you end up in a problem where the horse gets injured and you then need to kind of go, right, okay, feed-wise we need to knock it all down you know, into real nutrient dense, low calorie, low starch, because we're on box rest. If you've got a, a, if you're using a brand that has a broad product range, you have the ability to work within that range to switch through onto products that you are are more relevant for you at the time. Um, Whereas if you're using a brand that hasn't got a very broad range, you might then need to go off brand, you know, to, to cover that base. So the nice thing about using one brand is, say, for example, um, if you were to contact us for diet advice um, and a, a Saracen nutritionist answers the phone and they they go through all of your horse's details and whatnot, your horse's details are then logged on our system. And so every time you ring back, we've got those details there on the system so we can see how, how we've worked things, what's worked and, and just make it progressive and work on it with you. So I think that's one of the, the big advantages really of obviously using one brand that and obviously you know you want to work within um, where one brand will obviously use a, a similar vitamin and mineral package so that you always know that your diet is balanced whereas if you're using lots of different brands then that's um, that's not going to happen um, We would always say use or go with a brand that uses peer-reviewed research, you know all of the saracen products are um are based on on research you know we work very closely with kentucky equine research um and so our products have research behind them and i think it's really important that you're using research research based products um, again from a performance angle you know you want the best out of your horse therefore you want to use products that have had a lot of work go into them to know that they're going to the job that you want them to do. Um, One big thing between all the different brands is uh, feeding rates. So some feeding rates, uh, some brands have feeding rates that are much much higher than others Um, and it's always worth checking the back of the bag um, because you know one bag might cost say £16 and the other bag might be £12 and you think oh well I'll go with the cheaper option the bag that you're feeding 12 pounds or the bag that costs 12 pounds might actually be twi- uh, have twice the feeding rate so that becomes a false economy if you don't feed to the feeding rate then your horse doesn't receive all the vitamins and minerals that they, they should in a day so um, it can be a false economy to go for the cheaper products based on price because the feeding rate can be a lot higher. Um, also check that the brand that you've decided to use hasn't got any add-ons so sometimes with um, some particular brands you'll use one product as your base to the diet and then you might need to add another one to help you with condition or another one to help you with um, more upfront energy and then obviously you're going to add in a chaff and then you might need to add in you know one of their range of supplements or something so just be aware that the the brand that you're using you're actually feeding the minimum number of products um, for maximum effect and you're not sort of being drawn into having to feed more different products than you need to really Um, and always look at the ingredients list and just make sure that the brands that you're looking at are using good quality ingredients you know for example we wouldn't want to use Um, something like nutritionally improved straw or um, sort of oat feeds and wheat feeds in our performance ranges you know something like oat feed or wheat feed is is absolutely fine for say a fiber cube or a a cooling product but you know if you've got a performance horse and you want more energy then those sorts of ingredients aren't really going to be what you want. Um, in those particular products you know you want to then be looking at more super fiber sources that have much higher digestibility Um, so obviously check the ingredients label and if you're competing it's actually really important that the brand that you use um, is part of the beta knops scheme so that you know that you're using products that have been tested for prohibited substances um, you know the last thing you want to do is be you know all unawares feeding something that isn't made in that environment be blood tested at an event and then you've got big bother on your hands um potentially um if a if a prohibited substance has made it into into that product you know you want to be able to say right okay well i use products that have you know that are beta nops um approved and that's come
2: up quite recently hasn't it i know there's been a couple of situations where that's happened for some people and it's just Mm -hmm. It's something you don't think about, I think, because you just think, oh, it's a, com- it's a company that supplies feed, they're quite well known, off we go and it's sorted, but actually it's something that's quite important to be aware of. Um, it is,
1: it's um, really important.
2: So you've, I'm adding another question in, um, more for me, because I'm now interested. Um, when you speak <laughs> about um, like calories, presumably that's the same as kind of people in that the more they're doing, the more calories they need. But then when you speak about starch and sugars and carbohydrates and all that sort of thing, how how do you want to kind of imagine that when you're feeding a horse? Is it the same as the more that they're doing, the more energy they need? Or does it depend on, again, the type of horse or their age or that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, so when it comes to calories, when you look at the white label on your bag of horse feed, you'll see it has the the DE or the megajoules of DE that essentially is calories. That gives you an indication of how many calories that feed provides your horse. Um, now calories are, it equals energy. Okay, so it, exactly as you say, in terms of you're thinking about a human, you would you would assimilate calories with, with energy, same principle. So um, if we've got a horse that needs more condition, we need to think about more calories. If we've got a horse that needs more energy, we need to think about more calories, but it's where those calories come from as to how that's going to, how that's going to provide that the energy for that horse. So, for example, um, a classic one would be, say, our relieve. So relieve is uh, 13 megajoules um, digestible energy, but all of that energy comes from fibre and oil sources. So it's all slow release energy constant release and it will obviously help with building condition whereas if we were going for a a product where or a horse that maybe needed more instant energy we would look at the competition fit mix which has a similar DE but that energy is coming from cereal sources so it's got obviously a higher starch content so more upfront energy so the DE tells you about what calories are in there and then when you look down at things like your your starch, your fiber, your oil, that then tells you more about where those calories are coming from. So
2: then if you've got a horse, let's say that is maybe a bit underweight, but is also quite hot and spicy, you're thinking that you want to be getting those calories in, but you're not going to be wanting it to be quick releasing and make them any
0: sharper.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so in that situation, we'd be saying, okay, go for a product that is perhaps cereal free, um, like Relieve. Where it's all coming from super fiber sources, so really highly digestible fibers, and oil. So all of the the energy sources in relief are of that that constant release, um, or from a or give a constant release, should I say, of energy, um, rather than quick bursts of energy, like if we were using a product that had cereal in. So shall shall we go for a couple of different types of horses then,
2: and then. Yeah. See, So should we carry on with the hot horse first? If you've got a hot horse, what are you kind of gonna be wanting to be thinking about when feeding them?
1: So first and foremost, I I often recommend when we're feeding a hot headed horse, um, keep the starch level to a minimum. So often with uh, the white label, what customers will often say to me is that's X percent of starch. Okay, now, that's great that obviously they've looked at the label and they have they know that the starch content has the potential to affect their horse's temperament but you have to remember that that percentage relates to the quantity that you feed so say for example we have um we have a product called a competition fit balancer it's 13% starch some people get worried because they say oh it's 13% but for a 500 kilo horse you're only feeding 500 grams of that a day. So the grams per meal is actually very small. Um, Whereas you say could have a 10% starch product where you have to feed maybe two kilos of a day and your grams of starch per meal would be higher. So it's always important to think about, okay, how does that percentage relate to the quantity that I'm feeding? And what does that give me in terms of grams per day um, or grams per meal? And that's often something we'll think about as well um, with ulcery horses. Um, We think about the grams of starch per meal rather than the percentage on the label, because we must um, we must sort of relate it to the quantity. Um, So for those hot headed horses, we keep starch to a a minimum. Um, Like I say, we might be sort of saying, okay, let's go for a cereal grain free product to do that. Um, We'll then look at. Um, fiber sources and oil sources to provide the calories for either for condition or helping with stamina because sometimes those hot-headed horses as excitable as they can be people often say but they can lack stamina when they work so it's a little bit of a fine balance sometimes of just getting enough fiber and oil in there to help with the constant release of energy but keeping the starch level low so that we don't exacerbate any excitable um, temperaments But also one thing that sometimes people say to me is they go, oh no, I can't use a product that's high protein because protein will send my horse silly. Protein is actually a really inefficient energy source for horses. So protein is used for muscle development and function and repair. And it's really, really important that we make sure that we give our horses enough good quality protein when they're in work um, because we need, we need to look after that muscle structure. You know, you've got your horses that are working hard and training and performing. We need to make sure that we're actually helping their muscles to, to repair and, and, you know, recuperate. Um, so I always say, make sure you, you know, don't avoid protein. It's, it's not a dirty word. Um, make sure actually you do provide really good quality sources of protein in the horse's diet because protein isn't going to affect your horse's temperament.
2: So then if we go to the other side of that then, so if we look at lazy horses, I mm-hmm. I find from a coach's perspective, I get a lot of people that come to me that say, my horse is lazy, so I've put it on competition mix <laughs> and now it's just kind of throwing its legs everywhere and it's still not going forward. And I'm there kind of banging my head against the table because I'm like, the energy is not the problem, it's the training side. But... If we kind of almost assume that it's not a training issue and it is mm. a kind of energy issue, what would you advise them
1: for lazy horses or? A hundred percent agree with you there. Um, there is always that aspect. Whenever someone says I've got, you know, my horse is lazy. I have to kind of think to myself, OK, is it, as you say, is it that the horse isn't receiving enough energy or is it that, you know, as you say, there's a bit of a training issue? because if there's a training issue we can pump the feed in and it's not going to resolve the problem um so i think when you've got a lazy horse that's a really important thing to remember um so cover the base of the training as you say um if we're thinking about trying to get, give more energy to this horse, like, you know, working on the assumption that the product that it's being fed on at the moment maybe isn't suitable and it needs something with a, a higher level of digestible energy, um, we may well then start to look at cereal sources. So, you know, the cereals are going to provide us with more upfront energy, you know, more um, more energy, to so get them up and in front of the leg, if you like, and get them thinking a bit more forward. Um, because obviously we're not thinking at that stage about, Or is it going to be a bit too much? We want more. We want more oomph. Um, The one thing I will often sort of be very careful of in in that situation is that sometimes people will say my horse is being very lazy. I want more energy. But if that horse is overweight, then that's just going to make the problem worse. So if we've got an overweight horse and we give that horse a, a higher energy feed, like I say, energy is calories. If we're not burning those calories, the horse is just going to put on more weight. So we do need to be quite mindful. And again, be honest, condition score your horse and really kind of think to yourself, okay, is my horse a bit well covered? Because if they are, again, you're actually going to get better results by working them harder on a a lower calorie product, burning more calories than they're taking in. Um, and that's actually going to help you more in the long run because once you've got the horse to a, an ideal body condition score, then we can say right, okay, what what product are we going to go for now? That's got a bit more, like I say, upfront energy, but let's keep burning those calories so that we don't end up in the same situation. So you do always need to be mindful of body condition score, and, and actually, you know, does that horse need to lose a little bit of weight, and then naturally the energy will come. Um, and then of course with your lazy horses um i do often think it's really important i mean it's important to make sure we support the recovery of any horse but for those horses that are a little bit backward thinking just make sure you are covering those but that base of, of recovery because if their muscles are still a bit tired and a bit sore the next day when they come out they're really not going to want to work so you know thinking about you know we would often use recovery mash um, post-exercise to help with rehydration and that muscle recovery the glycogen replenishment so like I say for those lazier ones they're going to use any excuse that they can (laughs) to just drop behind the leg a little bit just make sure all those bases are are covered and that as much as you're supporting them in terms of giving them the, the energy that they need to work that you're also then aiding their recovery as well.
2: And what about, um you know, how you can get those, like, supplements, like, they're, like, energy supplements or energy shots you can get for, like, that kind of short-term, quick energy. Is that a case of if you're feeding the right nutrients and they're getting everything they should be, and if the training is working and going well, then they shouldn't need that? Or is it yeah. sometimes they horses do need that extra bit of...
1: If, if you're using a product that um, contains a, a good speck of vitamins and minerals and you're feeding to the correct feeding rate and you're feeding the appropriate product for the level of work that the horse is in and their body condition score is good and, and they're receiving adequate forage, um, you shouldn't need to be adding anything like that. And is that the same the other way, going back
2: to the hot horses, is that the same with um, like those shots of karma or is mm. that a little bit more a different
1: situation? When Whenever I have somebody say to me that they've got a, a very hot-headed horse um, that perhaps has a bit more energy than they would really like, I'd always say, let's address your diet first and foremost. Yeah. So let's
2: move then to because we kind of started on it the kind of fat slash horses that need to put more weight on so when we look at horses with a high fat score Mm -hmm. we have said about the calories what else do we kind of need to think about
1: so obviously in in well in any situation we need to think about forage so regardless of what type of horse we're feeding we need to think about forage um and but with your overweight horses sometimes this is a bit more complicated because over the years obviously we've all become better and better educated about feeding forage you know it's it was a very different place you know if you went back 40 years it wasn't thought about quite so heavily as it is now um and more and more people are you know obviously feeding ad-lib ad-lib forage Um, and we know that the horse needs constant access to forage in terms of health for its digestive system Um, we know that there are um, health conditions that can be caused by lack of forage in the diet like um, you know your your squamous gastric ulcers are directly linked to lack of forage Um, and so there becomes a little bit of um, a bit of an issue when it comes to the overweight horses because we do actually need to think about potentially reducing their forage intake um, to control their calories. Now, we would never recommend that you go below one and a half percent of their ideal body weight a day in forage, and that's dry weight. That's really important to remember. Um, But actually there has been research that proves that if you leave a horse with, with very little forage through the day, it's at a much higher risk of gastric ulcers than a horse that's been left with little forage overnight. So we now work on on an 80-20 rule for overweight horses where we need to control every calorie that's going in. And we say, okay, so let's figure out their forage allocation. And like I say, we don't go below one and a half percent. And we then say, right, okay, we need to feed 80 percent of that forage through the day and then just 20% overnight. Now, to I think to a lot of people that sounds a bit crazy because you think, God, that's a long time overnight for a horse to be only having 20% of its forage ration. And, and I'm not gonna lie, when I first heard it, I kind of went, oh, I don't know about that. But it is it, actually research proven um, that, that that's the better way around to do it. Um, and, and by doing that, you're actually allowing them more rest time overnight as well, you know, so that they're not just constantly eat, 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 eat. Um, so we, we do the 80-20 um, split because we're obviously thinking about health of, di- of the digestive system. That's obviously a, a reduced um, feeding rate. Um, we'll also think about soaking their forage um, to obviously help just to reduce um, sugar content. And then we obviously, in terms of a hard feed, And actually, some people say, oh, well, you know, if it's a really good doer and it's overweight, maybe it doesn't need a feed. But actually, when we're reducing forage intake and potentially soaking it, it's really important that we give those horses a top up of their micronutrients and make sure that they're getting all the vitamins and minerals that they need. So in those instances, we'll often use a balancer with a low calorie chaff um, so that we're giving minimal calories, but including all the the daily bits and mints that they need
2: I guess that's the thing is that when a horse is overweight the tendency is to just kind of whip everything away and actually then the horse doesn't have like you said the vitamins and the minerals and the the stuff that actually needs to do the job in the first place yeah but then it does just get a bit complicated what about the other way then so if you want to put
1: more weight on your horse what do we Mm -hmm. need to think about for that so um if we're if a horse needs to gain muscle and top line, um, then we would think about using a product that has um, a slightly higher protein level. We'd be looking at the sources of that protein. So we want you know, really um, good quality sources of protein. So protein is all about quality over quantity. Um, so we want good quality protein sources. You want products that are high in your most essential amino acids. Um, and then we'd be thinking about high levels of oil. Um, oil is very high calorie um and and again super fibers so fibers that are really highly digestible um so that's sort of where we'd go to for a for a horse that needed more we would obviously increase the bulk um in terms of the quantity of feed that those horses have to maximize calories but also um one thing i always ask my customers to do if they say to me i've got a horse that really needs to gain weight first thing I ask them to do is over a 24 hour period is weigh all of the forage that goes into that horse's stable and weigh anything that's left because we need to know if we've got a horse that needs to gain weight they need to be consuming two and a half percent of their body weight in forage again dry weight per day and and again We've all, we, we've all far better educated in terms of ad-lib forage, ad-lib forage, and that's brilliant that those horses have the forage there to eat. The problem is that they don't always eat it. And so they don't always know what's good for them. And they, we need to know that what they're consuming is enough. Um, and once we know that th- that horse is consuming enough, that's when we can then say, okay, so this is where we're gonna go with the hard feed if that horse isn't consuming enough forage then we need to think about addressing um, their forage intake we need to think about offering them forage replacers perhaps um, or changing the source of forage that they have so ultimately you know your forage is going to be your biggest calorie provider for your horse and if they're not eating enough forage then we're going to really fight a battle to put the weight on them so we need to get that bit that base ticked first and and done and right okay so that's all all good now let's think about the feed so um it's really important with those those horses that need to gain weight that we think about forage as well as feed
2: and are there any tips if you have got a fussy eater are there any tips or tricks that can encourage a horse to eat more I know there's the black that went into the relief that yeah all our picky eaters were suddenly be like oh my god I love it give me more so is there yeah certain things you can put in to make them prefer to eat it?
1: Yeah, so um, obviously, as you say, relieve has got blackcurrant flavoring um, and we we use encapsulated flavors in our products. So it means that as horses chew and salivate, the, the flavor intensifies. So to horses, blackcurrant tastes super sweet, but it means that we can increase the sweetness without increasing sugar. Um, with recovery mash we use um same encapsulated um type of of flavor um but banana um and that banana flavoring is amazing i regularly hide medications in my horse's feeds in recovery mash and all sorts and even my fussiest one doesn't doesn't find it so yeah i'm a big fan of using recovery mash um for fussy feeders um and just mixing a bit in just to tempt them into the bucket
2: perfect so obviously we know that you've gone you go around yards and kind of advise people and take into account everything what Mm -hmm. when you discuss with people about what they're feeding why they're feeding it and so on what are the most common issues you find when people discuss kind of
1: what they're feeding their horses Mm. tricky question Um, so Sometimes, um, sometimes owners will decide on what product to feed kind of based partly on on how they might choose to eat themselves. Um, And obviously that's not always the best way to make decisions for what we're gonna feed our horses. Um, Sometimes people may use a mix because they quite like the way it looks and it smells and they think it's super tasty. And perhaps that mix isn't maybe suitable for their horse. Um, But I think on the whole, as as I said earlier, really, when people have asked me to come out to give them advice, they've asked me to come out because they know something's not quite right and they, they know something needs to be changed. So on the whole, when I'm talking to those people, they're, they're receptive to change they're receptive to, to thinking about addressing their horses diet and and what they need to do really
2: so as we're kind of coming to the end now and i ask everyone this and i haven't told you i'm going to do this because i'm putting you on the spot
1: oh um, no no trick what, questions
2: <laughs> no because it's just really interesting um people's like automatic reactions but based on kind of what we've spoken about today um, obviously, the people who are listening to this, what do you, if you had three things that you wanted them to take away from this and kind of understand about horse feeds, what would those kind of three things be? You mm. can
1: about it and ponder. First of all, I would definitely say know exactly how much forage your horse is consuming. Um, be it that your horse is overweight or underweight, or even if your horse is a good weight know what your horse is consuming because beyond anything else you know what's normal so you know you you know what is a normal forage intake for your horse and therefore if they go off their forage a little bit you know they've gone off their forage a little bit if you feel they need to gain condition you know exactly what their forage consumption is at the moment so i would say adlib is brilliant love ad lib I'm not knocking that at all but just every now and again weigh in what your horse has weigh out what they leave and just have an idea in your mind um, exactly how much they're consuming um and actually I would say the same for fluid intake um a lot of yards have um water automatic waterers um and that's super convenient but it means that if your horse isn't drinking enough you don't always know about it until it's really causing you a problem Um, and if you're away at a show and you think oh my horse hasn't drunk much today but you don't actually know what's normal for them to drink in a day that's a problem Um, and so I would encourage people to, um, to know exactly what their horse's fluid intake would be on a daily basis, and again, just every now and again, switch the waterer off, put buckets in instead, and just see, you know, how much how much water your horse would normally drink. Um, oh, and the third
2: one. Third one always gets people.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Because there's so many things, so many things. I one thing I do often recommend to people actually. Is take regular progress pictures of your horses. So, I'll often say, you know, stand them, stand them up like you were taking confirmation pictures, and take square-on pictures from either side um, and front and back, so that you can see exactly how they look. You know, in terms of their body condition, you can see how they look. You can see their muscle development, and and just you know, store them in a little album in your phone or something um and at the same time take measurements you know around the girth and whatnot just so that you you know what again what's normal and because I think we, we all see our horses every day and you don't necessarily notice like the pounds creeping on or the pounds creeping off particularly in the winter at the moment you know at this time of year will all of a sudden get a lot of people message us and kind of go oh god my horse has lost loads of weight all of a sudden." And it's actually that they've lost it progressively and that because you see them every day, you don't necessarily realise every day because it's just a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And it's not until they've got actually too far that you go, oh, that's that's now a problem. Um, But, you know, like I say, it's, it's not anybody's fault. It's just because you've seen them every day um So that would be my third thing: progress pictures and regular body condition scoring and measuring. And let's like say just store it in a way in a little album on your phone, um, so that you can keep a, a regular eye of of your horse's condition score.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This is really. That's
1: okay. Beautiful. That was good fun.
2: So there you have it, guys. I really hope that that helps to kind of demystify the world of horse feeds a little bit there's so much stuff out there there's so many different brands so many different products but hopefully listening to Nick kind of helped to just simplify it all out a little bit and we've got loads more planned. We're going to do one on supplements. We're going to do one on ulcers, which is such a massive problem for dressage horses. It's so prevalent. There's so many horses with it. And so that's going to be a really important one that we're going to look at doing in the future. But I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you want to find out any more, then please do find a nutritionist in your area, get in contact with them. They can then fat score your horse. They can then discuss with you kind of what you're looking for your feed to do and then you can kind of come up with a plan completely specified for you and your horse so I really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please do share it the best way to do this is on any form of social media and you can find me and tag me in it on both Instagram and Facebook it's Jessica Gale Dressage thank you so much guys and I will see you next time